Hallelujah. Everybody happy? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, God is so good. Amen. My daddy was in a convention one time, and they were receiving offerings, and and uh, they were encouraging people, you know, if you want a blessing, just give, you know. And hey, How many know it is a blessing to give? Amen. It is a blessing to give. And uh, this preacher was sitting next to him. He said, well, I, 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 I'm blessed enough. I don't need no more blessings. My daddy looked at him and said, well, why don't you just go ahead and give something, and I'll take your blessing. Hallelujah. Well, you know, <laughs> I think the person has to do it with their own heart in order to get the blessings. My daddy couldn't get his blessing, but my daddy was a giver. He'd give his shirt off his back, and, and uh, I, I tell you what, I learned a whole lot from my father, and uh, just... Seeing him trust God, believe God, and see the power of God move, and devils had to obey his command. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God is so good. Turn with me over to 1 Corinthians, the second chapter, and we're going to read the ninth through the twelfth verse there. Paul's writing to the church of Corinth here, and... Uh, he had some good things to say. He had some constructive criticism. And sometimes he just had criticism. <laughs> and then he had exhortation and, and uh, uh, encouraging people to just trust God and believe what God's going to do. But look what Paul said in 1 Corinthians, the second chapter, 9 through the 12. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard. Nor has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God, now those two words there are found a lot of times, especially in the epistles of Paul, but God. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, and yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of a man? which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now, we've received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Now, Paul said a mouthful there. Because how can any man know these things that God has except the spirit of man which is in him that's revealed by the Holy Ghost to that spirit of man. And it's that revelation knowledge that comes that we might know, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Now listen, you can't work hard enough to get the blessings of God. Amen? You can't do enough good works to get saved. You can't do... Um, any anything else above what God requires out of us, you know, but you can't do anything for the baptism. Though it's free, it's a gift freely given to us. All we have to do is open our hearts, and receive what God has for us. I've seen people struggle to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now, we used to have what we call tarrying services, and there's nothing wrong with tarrying. If you don't get it, stay there till you get it. Amen. 
I've seen people pray all night, and all of a sudden, I, I was in one church, and and I, it was my first wife. She was uh, uh, she was a teenager, and she was seeking the Holy Ghost, and uh, she just never could get through. I, I don't know what the deal was. I don't know why. But then all of a sudden, I mean, she was she just determined one night, I'm going to stay here. I'm not going to get up until I'm full of the Holy Ghost. And she stayed there. She was sobbing and weeping. And, and I don't know. Finally, she realized, I guess something got in her heart that she realized, hey, it's a gift. The Lord Himself sent the Holy Ghost. He said, I'm going to send it to the disciples, didn't he? If they went and tarried in Jerusalem that the, on the day of Pentecost, they didn't know that exactly what day it was going to happen, but it came on the day of Pentecost. And they received the Holy Ghost. Then all through the book of Acts, you see people receiving the Holy Ghost. Cornelius' household. I was talking to someone the other day, and they said, you know, how can you have a move of God with all relatives in the place, you know? And I said, well, you know, Cornelius and his household, that was his household. There had to be a whole lot of relatives there, right? And Peter got a message. The Lord gave him a vision on top of a roof and told him there's three men going to be at the door. You go with them and you go follow them and go because there's some people that's hungry for me. He got there and the house was packed with people. I, I don't know if there's all kin or not, but it doesn't matter. Praise God. We're all kin anyhow. We're all brothers and sisters in the Lord. Amen? But he preached. And while he was preaching, now Peter, remember, Peter was a little bit prejudiced at this moment. And he still had a little problem with uh, the Gentiles, you know, and uh, because he was of the Jewish descent. And uh, there was just a little bit of problem there. So he was preaching. And I mean, he was, I mean, he preached the truth. He preached the gospel. He preached what the Lord said to preach. And you know what? (laughs) While he was preaching, the Holy Ghost fell. And they spoke with tongues and prophesied and shouted and, and blessed the Lord and danced in the Spirit, whatever they do. And they, that while he was yet preaching, the Holy Ghost fell. Hallelujah. Thank God. I love that when it happens. I love when somebody comes in hungry and they can't wait till the altar call. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but he preached. And the Holy Spirit fell. Now, it's freely given. It's for all people. It's for all nations. It's for all tongues. It's for all denominations. Brother Osteen had a battle cry when he got the Holy Ghost as a Southern Baptist preacher. And you know how he got it? His daughter was born with a disease that she had no muscle tone. She couldn't even turn over in her own baby bed. And... Him and Dodie just began to seek the Lord. He was a pastor of a Baptist church. Began to seek the Holy Ghost. Seek the Lord. And he got into the Bible. And his testimony is this. He said, I wasn't looking for a Baptist Jesus. I wasn't looking for a Catholic Jesus. I wasn't looking for a Methodist Jesus. I wasn't looking for a Pentecostal Jesus. I was looking for the Bible Jesus. And he said he began to see Jesus as the healer. A miracle worker. Had power over the devil. Demons obeyed him. And through that revelation, they laid hands on their little daughter. And God healed her miraculously. She's able to walk. Her name's Lisa. She's the 
older daughter. And she's able to walk. She's the one also that was, the bomb blew up in her lap uh, that was sent uh, for Brother Osteen, but she opened the mail. And the office was totally destroyed, utterly destroyed, but God preserved her, kept her. She had one little graft on her leg that they had to give her a skin graft. That was the only place. And, I mean, there's the, the, the paramedic said, it's like somebody put a shield right in front of her. Well, that is. That's God's shield. That's the Holy Ghost protection that God gives us. Amen? And the Lord blessed. But what I'm saying is, he got the Bible, Jesus, and his battle cry was, Pentecost is not a denomination. It's an experience from God for everyone. And thank God for that. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We're not, we're not singled out over here as holier than thou and mightier than thou and more anointed than thou and all of this stuff, you know. No, it's for everybody. It's for everybody that's born again, that's a born again believer. For every person that's born again, they can receive the power of the Holy Ghost. It's freely given. Now, we, were not, we received not the spirit of this world, but the spirit is from God that we might know, that we might know the things that are freely given to us by God. Now, over in Philippians, the fourth chapter, and the sixth verse, Paul writes again to the church at Philippi. He said, do not be anxious about anything. In other words, don't worry about anything. In other words, don't entertain no worry. Don't be anxious for anything. Don't be anxious for anything. Anxious, anxiety, it's still related to worry. Have you ever had somebody come up to you and say, what are you worried about? Well, I ain't worried, I'm just concerned. We just want to be religious and holy and pious, you know. We don't want people to think we're humans. But I've had, you know... I went to one preacher. I said, what are you worried about? He said, I'm not worried. I said, well, tell your face about it. I mean, you, you got worry all, you got wrinkles. You're going to get them there permanently if you keep on worrying like this. Amen? Worry is a powerfully destructive process in a person's life. Worry never changes anything. Have you sat around and worried about something that's going to happen tomorrow? And you stay up all night worrying about it and it didn't change anything? Worry doesn't change anything. Worry always wants your mind to think about the worst scenario. That's what worry does. Am I hitting home yet? Worry thinks like this. What if? Well, what if God doesn't do this? What if God doesn't come through? What, what if God, all this what ifs. What if is nothing more than doubt. Amen? The Lord said don't doubt. Did you know the word doubt in the Greek, diakrino, means to be divided between two opinions? So when you're doubting God... You're doubting his ability. You're, you're, you're doubting his power. You're, you're doubting his faithfulness, his, his love for you. You're all that is doubt. And the devil's over there just saying, yay, good, keep on keeping on, you know. 
Because, see that, you're divided between two opinions. What if? What if? Well, let's turn it around. What if God does it? What if God heals you? What if God provides a miracle for you? What if God does this? What if the devil falls off that train and breaks his neck? Hallelujah. Worry. Now, worry affects your body. Did you know that scientists, medical science has proven over and over and over and over that when a person gets anxiety and worry, that it affects their physical body? It affects the organs of your body. It affects everything about you because worry is a destroyer. It's of the devil. Worry is not of God. It's of the devil. Worry steals our peace and our joy. You don't have no peace when you're worried. And you sure don't have no joy when you're worried. You know, that's like some people going off and having a pity party, you know. Some people go off and have a worry party. You know, I'm, I got to go over here and worry a little bit about what's going on. I got I got to worry about whether God heard me when I prayed. I got to worry about whether God's going to be faithful. Or not. I got I got you know, and you know what? You're going to make yourself sick, worried. See, worry is primarily a battle in our mind. Now, the Lord had a lot to say about the mind. Did you know that? He said, "Don't be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind." That you may know what is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God. In other words, we're, we're to we're to trans. That word transform means changed. You're, you're, be ye changed by the renewing of your mind. Change is going to come in your thinking. Change will come in your talking. Change will come in in your actions. Change change will be there when you are transformed by the power of God. Literally means to be changed, transformed, transfigured. Let the glory of God shine through us. Amen? This little fellow went down to get saved one night, and he's down there bawling and squalling, and there's nothing wrong with that. I believe a godly, a sorrowful spirit, you know, is good to have, and, and, and God will bring the joy of the Lord in. Amen? I think people should be sorry for their sins. Amen? I don't think we should just go over and laugh about our sins. Let's get sorrowful about what we've done. Amen? But he got down there and he had two or three people on one side of the altar and two or three people behind him. And and uh, he was trying to get through to the Lord. And he had one of them said, Turn loose! Let go! Give up! Then the other one's over here on the other side. Hang on. Hold on. Don't give up. He didn't know which way to go. Amen. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways, the Bible says. And, and what was happening, they were making him unstable because they were giving him a double whammy. Some say, come on. The other one said, don't go. You know, it's... I mean, it's it's a mess out there. <laughs> Hallelujah. But God changes. 
See, he changes us inside. Finally, one little lady heard all this going on, and she went over there, and after they kind of quieted down a little bit, they tired out. And they wasn't winning, and he was losing. And this little lady went over there and laid her hands on his back, and she said, Father, let's forget about all those cobwebs. Let's just get the old spider out right now. And something clicked on the inside of that man. He began to weep and sob and praise God. And he came through to a glorious salvation and got set free from a lot of things in his life. Because you see, a lot of times we major on the habits rather than the source of the habit. Amen? We, we, we major on the person, you know, that's got these things in his life. When all he needs is Jesus, because what did the Lord say? He said, if you'll know, you'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. And the truth is, Jesus liberated us. Jesus won the victory for us. Jesus defeated the devil. His blood put him in his place. His blood has delivered us. His blood's taken care of it all. And what we got, but until we can understand that part of the gospel, we'll never be fully redeemed in our mind. Now, you're redeemed by the blood of Jesus, but a lot of people don't know they're redeemed. They don't feel redeemed. They don't have the joy of being redeemed. They don't have that peace of being redeemed because the devil has lied to them and told them, you got to worry. It's a battle of the mind. It's become a mental habit. Worry's a mental habit that we've developed over the years. <laughs> oh, listen. Well, my mama was a worrier, so I'm going to be a worrier. My great-grandma was a worrier, too, you know, so I'm going to be a worrier because they she. Oh, and my great-great-grandma was a worrier, too, you know. And before long, you're going down the lineage line there, and you got every excuse in the world to be a worrywart. But what we've got to realize, Jesus has redeemed us. He's freely given us all things. Can you say amen? See, the devil can place one thought in our minds that will hold us captive and cause you to worry. One thought. I've had people not fully receive what God had for them because through the years... They had seen where others did not receive, and the devil kept that in their mind, and it also put worry in their mind. Well, you know, I, I probably won't get it either, you know. Uh, I, I'm not going to fool myself. Listen, the only person we need to fool is the devil. Say, devil, I'm not being fooled by you no more, but I'm going to fool you. I tell you, you know what, my I, what we learned to do, we learned to pray. We, if we were sick, we, we'd praise God for our financial blessings. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And, and then if we needed financial blessings, we'd praise God for healing. <laughs> it, the devil was confused. He was attacking in one area, and we was praising God for another area. But you see, the thing is, I, we're not going to let him get the upper hand. So listen, if he can place one thought in your mind and cause you to worry, then he's got you right where he wants you. He'll keep you... In captivity. And we read that scripture, Philippians 4, 6. Various translations. One of them says, don't be anxious about anything. Another translation says, don't worry about anything. Another one says, entertain no worry. 
Don't even entertain the thoughts of the enemy. Now let's look at what worry is. This is what old Daniel Webster said. He's pretty smart. He said, worry is to be troubled in your mind, to feel or make uneasy or anxious. That's what Webster said. That's almost what the Bible says, isn't it? <laughs> Amen? Maybe Daniel was a Christian. <laughs> but he knew what the, he gave these definitions, and in, his, in, the, in the dictionary, or his uh, uh, Webster's dictionary, said to be troubled in your mind, to feel or make uneasy or anxious. Somebody said, well, I'm, I don't want to be accused of doubting God. Well, worry is the cousin to doubt. Amen? Worry is the cousin to doubt. If you, if you see a little doubt, you don't see worry too far away. If you little get a little anxious, you don't see doubt too far away. And the word doubt, by the way, means to be divided between two opinions. That's what it means in the original Greek. The acrino means to be divided between two opinions. If the devil can keep you in your mind divided uh, against what God wants to do for you and what God has already done for you through Jesus Christ and his, re and his redemption and what he's given us, if, if the devil can just keep you, you know, off kelter a little bit and keep you from going forward and receiving and cause you to get into doubt are to be divided between two opinions. Now, we, we've got two opinions in this whole world. As believers, there's two opinions. Some people believe that God does things to us bad. Some people believe that it's the devil that does to us bad. Well, we've got, we got to get that clarified. God's a giver of life. I said, God's the giver of life. So if he's the giver of life, why are we going to give something to me that's going to cause me to struggle and, and, and uh, hurt and, and be, be hurt by the things physically, emotionally, physically, financially? No, no, no. A lot of times, it's, a lot of our problems is we put ourselves in the situation. Amen? We absolutely do. We put ourselves in that situation. Because, you know, we think we're bigger than the devil. Well, you are through Jesus Christ, but not by yourself. Amen. So, don't be anxious. Worry is the first cousin to doubt. And somebody said, well, I'm just concerned. You ever heard anybody say that? I'm just concerned. No, you're worried. You're doubting. You're worried. Well... Yeah, but i got to be concerned. No, you don't need to be concerned. Put them in God's hands. I don't know if you remember Charles and Francis hundred years ago. They, uh, She had a marvelous ministry as far as people receiving the Holy Spirit and, uh, and healings. I mean, God moved miraculously through them. She had a son down in Florida... And he always kept getting in trouble. You know, I mean, trouble. Capital T, trouble. And always, always getting in a situation. And she'd get on the plane, she'd fly down to Florida, and she'd bail him out. You know? When I say bail him out, I don't literally mean out of jail. Maybe she did sometimes. I don't know. But, 
But, you know, in other words, just go down there and coddle him. And instead of making him grow up, you know, just coddle him. And she just she flew down there back and forth, back and forth. And she'd pray, God, help my son. Deliver him, Lord. Help him. And you know what the Lord said? The Lord said, I was working on him. And you come down there and messed it up. Now, that's a pretty brazen thing to say to somebody that's concerned about their son, right? The Lord said, I was working. Somebody said, well, see, she didn't want him hurting. But see, sometimes God has to put you through something, and especially when you're rebelling against God. How many remembers the guy that left his father and spent all of his money and riotous living, just wasted it, ended up down there in the pig's pen, living in the pig's pen? And, you know, his father, I'm sure his father wanted to go out there and look for him. I'm sure his father wanted to go out there and search for him. I'm sure his father wanted to go out there and just say, come on, son, doesn't matter. Come on, I'll clean you up. I'll clothe you. I'll do this. But you know what? He couldn't do it because sometimes people have to come to their senses. Don't you wish you could just slap it into them sometime? When I was little, they tried to beat it into me. My mom always used that scripture, beat the child, he won't die. <laughs> Thank God I didn't. But it worked. <laughs> I sure didn't do some of the things I got spanked for no more. But listen, the father was home. But I, I don't believe it was just that one day that he went to the gate looking for his son. I don't believe he just happened to mosey down there one day and looked for his I believe that in his heart, and I believe every day, he probably went down towards that gate, looking out, to, out, to, out past that gate of the city, and just looking to see if he could see a, a young man coming across the, the horizon there. But he couldn't see it. But one day, one day his father was there and he saw him coming. Because what happened? The young man in the pig's pen, he had some memories to come back to him. I'll tell you what the Lord will do. He'll bring to your mind the good things when you're in trouble. And if, if you've got children or, or nieces and nephews or in-laws or outlaws, you know, if, you, if, they're, if they're out there and they're running from God, listen, God, you can't change them yourself. Sometimes you got to turn loose, let go. And what happened, this son was in the pig's pen, and in his mind, he said, You know, here I am in this pig's pen, and I could be home with my daddy. He said, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to rise up and get out of here and go home, and I'm going to tell my dad, I have sinned, I have failed, and I'll just be a servant in your household. Because he had spent all his money in riotous living. His inheritance was all gone. His father met him out there coming on the road. And he went out there and met him and fell on his, fell on his uh, shoulders and hugged him and loved on him. And, and he went down that street going to the house. And I'm sure people were wondering what in the world is he doing that for that guy? He's, he's a loser. He's a no good loser. There's no hope for him. Listen, there's hope 
until they quit breathing. Hallelujah. Now, sometimes we got to let... Francis had to go down there. And she came back and she wanted to go back. And the Lord said, I'll work if you'll stay home. I'm trying to do something for your son, but you keep interfering with it. And you know what she did? She stayed home, bit her fingernails down to the quick. And then she got word. She got a phone call from her son. And he was crying on the other end. Not crying because he was hurt down there, but crying because sorrow hit his heart. Godly sorrow works repentance. And he began to weep and say, Mom, I have sinned. I have done this and I've done that. And you know, then she could go down there and bring him home. Hallelujah. But how many sees what I'm saying tonight? See, sometimes, listen, God's working. And we just got to say, Lord, I'm not going to be concerned. Because when we worry, we look at circumstances like a normal human being. We cannot look and walk in the natural realm. See, we, we, we're, we're different from the world. When people think you ought to be all worried over here and biting your fingernails down to the quick, you know, and all of this stuff and, and uh, losing sleep and all that. Listen, we're different. You know why? we got confidence in God. He's our Father. He's our God. And listen, He's promised us our household. Hallelujah. I said He's promised us our household. Praise God. Don't give up. Don't give Listen, I'm not telling you to go waller and sin with them. I'm saying just don't give up. God has a way of talking to people, and God will bring them home. Worry, I'm going to say this. This gets pretty stout here now. Worry is a sin. <laughs> Doubt is a sin. Praise God. Drunkenness is a sin. But so is worry. It's a sin. You think God's blood can't handle drunkenness? Just like He can handle your worry. It's a sin. Amen? Look at Romans 14, verse 23. This is Paul writing again. Whatsoever... Is not a faith, is sin. Now that's pretty self explanatory, isn't it? Whatsoever is not a faith, is sin. Look what he said in Hebrews 11th chapter in the 6th verse. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is. And he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. If I could do anything, I want to get you to get up in the morning and say, I'm going to walk in faith today. Hallelujah. I'm not saying you won't miss the mark sometimes. You know, hey, I've missed the mark. You know, thank God i got a good, strong, powerful wife in there. And she'll say, Brother Clarence, remember what you preached. I got to live what I preach. Hallelujah. Listen, 
Look at Mark 9, verse 23. If you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. If you can believe, what did it say? All things are possible to him that believes. Now, look at what... Well, this is this is the territory of worry. People who are wealthy don't worry about getting money. They worry about keeping the money. <laughs> Listen, all these billionaires out there, when they start talking about all of this thing crashing down and all this stuff, don't you think they get worried a little bit? They don't worry about getting it, but they worry about keeping it. See, people worry about the natural things, house, food, raiment, what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat, how you're going to pay your bills. But look what Jesus said in Matthew, the 6th chapter and 25th verse. He said, don't worry about where you live. (laughs) Don't worry about the food you're going to eat and the clothes you're going to wear. He said, don't worry about it because he is the source. So all we got to do is seek the kingdom of God. Amen? Look at Romans 8, verse 37. We are more than conquerors through Christ who strengthens us. 1 John 4, verse 4 says, Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Psalms 55, and verse 22. Cast your burdens on the Lord. In other words, just release the weight of your burdens on God. Turn it loose. And He will sustain you. He will never allow the righteous to be moved and made to slip, fall, or fail. Because He's our Lord. Amen? Cast it on the Lord. Cast it on the Lord. Over in 1 Peter, there's a scripture where it says, Cast it on the Lord. Cast it on the Lord. I'll never forget a message when I was a youth pastor, first church after I left my dad's church, and, and, uh, and before I went to Bible college, I was another youth pastor in another church. And I'll never forget this message this preacher preached. It was just a simple message. Cast all your care upon the Lord because He cares for you. And he got talking about casting our cares upon the Lord. He said, you know what we do? He said, we get our little problems and we get a box and we put them in and we wrap it up real nice and neat and make sure it's taped up just right and got a little bow on it, you know, and, and we go take it to the Lord. And then we put it at the feet of Jesus, but then we go back And we keep saying, yeah, it's still there. And you keep going back and, well, it hadn't moved yet. And you you keep going back and, well, the situation hadn't changed. And you keep going back and said, I don't know why God's doing this to me. I tried to obey God. I tried to do what God said do. But this preacher was preaching on casting. He said, you know what you got to do? And he got a book. He didn't take his Bible. He wasn't going to mess it up. 
But he took a book, and he said, this is what you do. He said, this is your cares. Just cast it upon the Lord. That impressed me because it almost hit me. But he said, just cast it upon the Lord. That's what we got to do with our cares. You know, we want to just tidy it up a little bit. You can't tidy up a mess. How many ever tried to tidy up a mess? You don't, go, you don't get too far tidying up your problems. No, he said just get them, cast them up on the Lord. Because he cares for you. In other words, as that old song goes, take your burdens to the Lord and leave it there. Just take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. If you trust and never doubt, what's the rest of that go? He'll surely bring you out. Just take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. Amen? Hallelujah. I'm preaching myself happy. Choose to pray instead of worrying. Choose to be thankful rather than to worry. Thankful. Somebody said, what can I be thankful for in this situation? You'll find something. Thank God. Francis, she decided one time, she just started thanking the Lord after God said, you just leave it alone. You're messing things up. Get home, you know. And uh, I'm working on him. And... But you know what she did? She went home and was she thanked the Lord. Lord, I thank you that you're delivered, my son. I thank you that you're setting him free. I thank you that you're moving supernaturally in his life. I thank you, Lord, that all of this is going to come about just like your word declares. Hallelujah. Don't worry. Choose to be thankful. It's our choice. God never starts something he's not going to finish. Some of us got some unfinished things in our lives that God wants to finish. And He doesn't start something that He doesn't finish. He will complete it. He'll make the change. You know what Jesus said when the, the storm came up? He said, let's go to the other side. And the storm came up. The storm came up right in the middle of the sea. He said, we're going to the other side. And they was going to the other side. Things were going pretty smooth till the storm came up. Then they got frantic. And he was asleep. He was asleep. Jesus is our example. Amen? Instead of getting up in the middle of the night at 1 and 2 and 3 in the morning and saying, Lord, what am I going to do? What are we going to do, Lord? How are we going to get out of this mess, Lord? Oh, dear Lord, help me, help me, help me, help me. No, just go over and sleep in the, in the corner of the boat. God knows the storm's there. God knows the winds are howling. God knows the waves are beating against the boat. God knows all of that. But you know what our solace is? We have solitude in knowing that Jesus is with us. He is the peace. He is our peace. He is our joy. Of course, they woke him up. And, you know, what they didn't realize is sometimes storms are helping you out. Because the storm was blowing so hard, they wasn't having to row or nothing, you know, because the storm was just blowing them to their destination. 
Hallelujah. And the Lord said, He got up, He looked at the storm, He just said, Peace be still. He rebuked the storm. He rebuked the storm. Do you know what that word rebuke means? It means enough is enough. So what we got to do is just get up in the middle and just say, Devil, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I rebuke sickness in the name of Jesus. I rebuke this problem in the name of Jesus. I rebuke any power of hell that would try to come against me in the name of Jesus. Because we're saying when we do that, enough is enough. Enough is enough. Thank God Jesus is our peace. Can you say amen? Oh, he knew where he was going. Jesus did. (laughs) He said, let's go to the other side. Now then, they had to row. The storm was kind of pushing them along. Now they had to row to get there. Hallelujah. But thank you. Listen, Jesus is our Savior. He's our peace. He's our joy. He's our provider. He's our healer. He's our Savior. He's our best friend. Jesus is everything we need Him to be right now. And all we have to do is just say, Lord, I'm not going to worry about it no longer. I'm going to put it on you. I'm going to leave it here tonight. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Lift your hands and just thank God for the Word. Thank God that we can pray tonight. Hallelujah. And let the power of the Word, oh, listen, let His Word rule. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. How many glad for the peace of God that God brings us? Let's just shut our eyes tonight and let God's peace Whatever that situation you're in, let God's peace umpire your heart right now. Let it rule. Oh, it's peace. Peace. Wonderful peace. Coming down from the Father above. Creep over my spirit forever, I pray, in fathomless billows of love. Could you say one more time? Just lift your hands, say good Lord. Peace, peace, wonder. Coming down from the Father above, sweep over my spirit forever, I pray, in fathom this will. that old course. Leave it there. Just leave it there. Take your burdens to the Lord. Amen. And if you want to just come cast it on the altar tonight, if there's something that's, you know, somebody may have received a message and said, 
It ain't going to be what you thought. Well, that's okay. Because we're going to cast it on the Lord tonight. Amen. Well, leave it there. Leave it there. Just bring it to the Lord. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave it there. If you trust and never doubt, He will surely bring you out. Take your burden to the Lord. Leave it there. One more time. Oh, leave it there. Leave it there. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. If you trust and never doubt, He will surely bring you out. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. I feel like God's ministered to some folks here tonight and those watching by Facebook. I, listen, God knows where we are. He sees the storm. He sees decisions that people have made. But that doesn't mean that's His decision. God can change their minds if they'll yield to Him. God's got your situation in His heart tonight. God loves us. Amen? He loves us with an everlasting love. Thank You, Lord. Father, we thank You that You're the God of turnaround. <laughs> you can turn situations around, circumstances around. Father, we just give you praise. We give you glory for it tonight. Thank you, Lord. Lord, decisions that seem like they're against us, God, we thank you that you're for us and nobody can be against us. <laughs> because you're the Lord. You're the Lord. And thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you that people's hearts have to bow to you. Their minds has to be closed to what they want. And they're going to say, Lord, we want what you want. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Well, one more time. Well, leave it there. Leave it there. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave it there. If you trust and never doubt, he will surely bring you out. Take your burdens to the Lord. Leave it there. Well, let's stand to our feet tonight. Lift your hands in a, as a means of victory. And just thank God that He is changing the circumstances. He's changing the situation for your good. For your good. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We praise you that you're doing it for our good. And Lord, we just receive it now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Well, you love it? Amen. Turn to somebody and say, it's good to see you. Amen. God bless you. Friday night we'll be here at 6. Praise God.
would you get what? Oh. <laughs> oh yeah. Huh? Oh, no, I didn't. 